how about some optimism? How's everyone doing today after a nice win on Saturday, huh? Nine and three, Tyler. Everyone Nine feeling a little bit better today? Everyone was happy walking out of the stadium on Saturday. Yeah, it was a little hot. Maybe uh, you smiled. Maybe you did even a, a little bit of a dance after OU won on Saturday. I know Caden McDonald did. Four-star defensive lineman who yeah, was no in joke. town was on getting. Saturday. Six foot three, 310 pounds. Four-star prospect, but maybe a five-star dancer, uh, Parker Thune, because he was right there in the locker room, right in the middle of the mix, enjoying the win as much as anyone else in the OU locker room on Saturday. So where does that get OU in his recruitment? Well, I guess we'll find out here in about two weeks from the day, uh, because Caden McDonald, I think he's going to announce on October 31st. That's what I saw on social media this weekend. So did OU make a big enough push? To really get in this thing late with two weeks to go, did they make a? Yeah. Well, I mean, did they make a big enough push to really get in this thing? Yes, they certainly did. Did they make a big enough push to get a commitment from Caden McDonald? I think the jury's still out on that. I'm gonna have to be convinced. Uh, I'm just not there right now. Although the early returns from that official visit have been good, uh, this has been a recruitment that I've always approached with a sense of caution. Uh, just because of some of the many factors that are at play in McDonald's recruitment and his family situation and everything that goes into the decision-making process. But OU did make a statement to McDonald this past weekend, and by all accounts, that visit did go well. So uh, I'm trying to think, is he going anywhere this weekend? Because I know he's been on an official visit to Michigan. Has he been to Ohio State yet? I believe he has been to Ohio State. Surely he's he's visited Clemson by now, right? Because all three crystal not balls. Officially. He, he hasn't? Not well, all officially. three crystal balls that he has, and none of them are Wilt Fong, but all three of those crystal balls are to Clemson as of right now. Yes, so, that is correct. I mean, uh, we, we know that the crystal balls can, can change with two weeks to go, unfortunately, but um, as of right now, maybe it feels like Clemson could be the leader there. Um, Ohio State's in on this thing as well, but... Man, you talk about a late push and a massive get uh, on the last day of October. If you can get Caden McDonald, 300-plus pound defender, in the middle of your defensive line for next year, that'd be great. And, hey, uh, hopefully his uh, weekend was awesome here. Again, judging by the dancing, he was having a great time. And around Tuesday or Wednesday, though, Parker, I was starting to get a little bit nervous because we, we were starting to have conversations of, well, this team's on a three-game losing streak. There's a lot of pessim- pessimism surrounding the program. Um, 11 a.m. kick. Like, uh, w- what's the crowd actually going to look like on Saturday? Yeah. And oh my gosh, if they get off to a tough start, are there going to be some boo birds? Are there going to be some boos in the stadium on Saturday? Well, the crowd for I mean for what it was. I mean, it was 83,000 plus. It was a good crowd, I thought, uh, for the circumstances. There were no boos. I thought the people that were there, it was a nice environment. So, hey, it was kind of best-case scenario for three elite defensive linemen that were in town on Saturday. It's been a long time since Oklahoma got a commitment, Tyler. I know. It's been since, uh, what, before August, right? uh, Two for one day back on August 26th when the Sooners got Macari Vickers and Anthony Evans. Dang. So, that's... It's been almost two months since the Sooners added anybody to this 2023 class. A 2023 class, might I add, that is still top five in the nation right now, despite this nearly 60-day drought. So, uh, if the Sooners can get Caden McDonald on the final day of this month, and if they can maintain their lead for Tassili Akana, and they do have the lead for Tassili Akana, uh, 
then you're looking at a class that could be top three when all is said and done, provided you're able to add a couple of ancillary pieces, one of whom will not be Ryan Yates. We know this I know. Now. Yeah, I saw that. Like, sorry, that's- guys, shutting it down. I'm good with LSU. Which, okay, that's, that's, that's cool. That's fine. That's his decision. I was like, well, what, what was all this about the, the yeah, past well, three weeks then? What was going on well, here, here's, here's what I'll say. Talking to uh, people that know that recruitment, Ryan Yates was down for Oklahoma. People around him were not as down for Oklahoma. And so ultimately it became like, – here, here, here's the thing. Yates didn't visit Oklahoma that many times because he didn't want to go to Oklahoma. Sure. Right? He wasn't just taking those visits for the heck of it. Because, as you'll notice, he wasn't visiting anywhere else. He was only visiting Oklahoma. But at the end of the day, I think there were too many uh, – what's the, what's the proper phraseology here? Familial obstacles to overcome for Yates to be a Sooner. But Oklahoma remains alive and well in the race for Peyton Bowen. Uh, there is definite comfort in that Notre Dame lost again this past weekend to Stanford. Real ugly football game. Oh, boy, it's getting it's getting bad there. Uh, it was already bad, but it's really bad now. Texas A&M might not make a bowl game. So, again, despite the fact that Oklahoma sits here at 4-3 and three and off to a relatively rocky start in the Brent Venables era, Tyler, uh, you'd have really no choice but to assert right now that the Sooners remain in the best position in terms of their overall football product. To be able to make a pitch yeah. to Peyton Bowen. So, McDonald, LeBlanc, and Akana all being in town this weekend, that's big story 1A. Big story 1B is, yes, uh, he was at Texas on Saturday oh, no. for the UT-Iowa State game. Colton Vosick, four-star defensive lineman, was there. Which, by the way, maybe you had already made it, and maybe I'm late to the party on this, but I kind of thought Saturday, all right, Parker's made it a little bit because all you did was uh, tweet out the GIF and people were like, oh my God, what does that mean? Parker just tweeted that out. What's he trying to say here? Even on the uh, postgame show, Steely's texting me like, do we get do we get to Parker's tweet? Like, what, what does it mean? Like, do we got to get to Parker's tweet here? Like, what, what's going on here? And people like quickly found out, maybe because it was the Inside Texas report that he was going to be at the game on Saturday, but... Yeah, man, so people were freaking out, throwing up their arms and saying, oh, he's decommitting from OU and going to Texas. Here it is. Knew it was happening. I I guess today's the day. Well, he's still committed as of right now, and he's still telling Oklahoma all the right things. And so make of this situation what you will. It's concerning. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. It is somewhat alarming that he went around and visited Texas again. For the Iowa State game, right? Like, I can understand going to the Texas-Alabama game. Sure. Hell, Brian Bosworth was at the Texas-Alabama game in Austin. Like, anyone that was around that area wanted to go see that game. Yeah, man, but going back, you know, after everything that it caused the first time around and going to see them play Iowa State at 11 a.m., it's definitely curious. Well, and I, I hate to draw this parallel because... It is recent, and it's pertinent, and it's slightly painful. But much as Ryan Yates really liked Oklahoma, but the Yates camp was not as big on Oklahoma, Colton Vosick really likes Oklahoma and committed to Oklahoma for all the right reasons. But he's got a lot of people in his camp that want him to be a Longhorn. So it's just funny how I think, and I fall into this too, I, I think a little bit, but how the fan base views recruiting now. Because there's been two 
kind of cycles of the uh, you know the, of the of the recruiting thing, Parker. It's pre David Hicks and post David Hicks. Pre David Hicks, I feel like the reaction would be, oh, where's he going to go? Texas? Seriously? No, 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 no. BV and this staff, they don't lose out on anyone. I don't care if he's at the Texas game on Saturday. This staff is still going to figure out a way to keep him. But we are in the post-David Hicks era now to where if there's even a slight hint that someone is looking somewhere else, it's just, oh, God, yeah, he's going to decommit, and that's just it. And I, and I felt like, I, I don't know if that's the feeling today by the majority of the text line, but I definitely felt like that was the case on Saturday. Peyton on the text line says, I'm to the point, man, where it'll be what it'll be. Uh, <laughs> That's not a bad way to approach no, things right now. No, it's really no, not. it's really not. But uh, he's a very important part of this class. Well, somebody's asking, what about Brent's policy? Yeah, and I feel like we need to clear this up, and I kind of did this to a certain extent in the 12 o'clock hour. But I almost feel as though several, well, several thousand of these fans, quite honestly, uh, I almost feel as though the vast majority of this fan base has come to view Venable's policy as almost too cut and dried, too black and white, to the point where it's not really reflective of what the spirit of the policy actually is. Here's what it isn't. What it isn't is recruit that's committed to Oklahoma takes other visit. Venables and staff pick up phone, call recruit, say, we're done. You're no longer welcome at Oklahoma. I think that's what people think the policy is. That's not what the policy is. What the policy is, is recruit committed to Oklahoma takes other visit. Venables and staff pick up phone, call recruit, basically say, what the hell? (laughs) And we're going to continue to recruit your position. You can stay committed, but we're not going to regard you as yeah. a surefire well, member. We kind of need to know where things stand right now, Colton. If you don't mind, like we'd love for you to stay committed, but let's let's kind of go ahead and update us on the situation. If we need to, yeah, like you said, start recruiting someone else at that spot. Uh, text line says, if the kid grew up a Texas fan and lives in Austin, what are we even talking about here? Well, you're still talking about a guy that is currently committed. And there was a story over the weekend that I guess he was quoted in saying that he's still, what, 100% committed to the University of Oklahoma. So there, there's something. I Whereas, and, and, and Again, he can say that, and I don't question that in his heart of hearts he is still committed to the University of Oklahoma. But you can't say you're 100% committed because if you were 100% committed, you wouldn't be taking unofficial visits to the University of Texas. Yeah. Now, what you might be doing is going to the Texas game and sitting with your parents as season ticket holders, but he took the visit as a recruit. He was with Arch Manning. He was with all the other recruits that Texas hosted at the Iowa State game on Saturday. So, is he committed? Yes. Does he believe that he's committed? Probably. But is he 100% committed? Uh, It doesn't feel like it. I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not there. Has Vosick scheduled any more return visits to Norman? Yes. So he and many of the commits are planning on making the trip for the Baylor game on November 5th, which is Oklahoma's next home tilt. So offhand, I know Vosick's going to be there. I know Jackson Arnold's going to be there. Eric McCarty's going to be there. P.J. is coming down. Uh there's a good contingent that's coming for that game on November 5th, and there's a good contingent that's coming for Bedlam. I know Caden Green is planning on coming down for Bedlam. He may also be at the Baylor game. We'll see. Uh, but 
Text line's popping off here. Yeah, it is. Um, Gunny says, do wins affect recruiting, Tyler? Well, I hope so. I I, I feel a lot better about the uh, Caden McDonald situation on Saturday. I do feel good about Cecilia Akana and obviously Derek LeBlanc. But, yeah, I hope wins, home wins, affect recruiting. It affected the dancing. I know that. Yeah. Uh, Peyton says on the text line, in Vosick's defense, he chose the bitter rival of his dad, friends, family's favorite team, and then witnessed the worst three-game stretch of the 21st century for OU. I can't blame him for having second thoughts and wanting to make sure he's making the right decision. He's 17, 18 years old, and this is the biggest decision of his life. Make sure it's right. I think as long as OU keeps winning, they can damn the flood. To say he is going to flip is dead-on Bulls accurate, which is a uh, My Cousin Vinny quote. Uh, very nice. I, I am curious what the text line feels right now. What did Peyton say? Eh, it'll be what it'll be. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, what's your uh, concern level right now with uh, Vosick decommitting and going to Texas? By the way, 605-651-3439. I want to add one more thing before we hit our first break here, and that is, man, this if this fan base doesn't already love Derek LeBlanc, they are really going to love Derek LeBlanc at a certain point. Because make no mistake, that dude is 100% locked in. Yeah, That dude like is it. all in with the University of Oklahoma. And it's fun to witness. He was having a blast at his official visit on Saturday. And you see all of the pro-OU sentiment that he and his dad put out on social media. Obviously, the relationship with Todd Bates goes way back. Derek LeBlanc is one of those guys that you can legitimately say, yeah, that guy, in the most definitive sense of the word, is 100% committed to what Venables and the staff are building at Oklahoma. You think he they should have let him take over as the uh, OU hype guy for like the third quarter on Saturday? It, it feels like he would have done a really good job with that. How how legal is that? That's uh, it's question. fine. It, you know, it's it, nowadays, Parker, it's As long legal. as you can find a loophole. It's fine. You'll sure. find a loophole somewhere. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, we got a lot to cover in the world of recruiting. We'll even talk about the football game on Saturday. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Suitor fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. True story, I am not making this up. During the pregame show on Saturday, someone came up to me, very nice lady came up to me and said, hey, we listen via the ref app in North Pole, Alaska. Swear, not, not making that up. What? North Pole, Alaska. So I told her that North Pole, Alaska would be mentioned on Monday during where uh, everyone's listening. Well, not everyone, but where people are listening all over the country via the Ref app. Hey, North Pole, Alaska, no hey, big deal. That is a whale of a trip to Norman, Oklahoma for a game day. Yeah, I should have had – we were in the middle of a segment, but I definitely had some follow-up questions like, when did you leave? How long did it take you to get here? Are you bummed it's an like, 11 a.m. Like, I'm, just, I'm just not sure the average citizen understands just how far away Alaska <laughs> oh, yeah. actually is, man. <laughs> Like, that is a long trip. That is dedication. Thank you for listening to us via the Ref app in uh, North Pole, Alaska. We've got Fluorescent, Colorado today. I doubt I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's my best guess. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Cranston, Rhode Island, Portland, Oregon, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 
And for our small town of the day, does Purcell count? Purcell was was listed today. Hang does, on. Hang on. I'm I feel doing... like Purcell. If not, I well, have a backup. Okay. I have okay. a backup. Well, uh, we set the population cap at 10,000. So we're going to see what Purcell's. Okay, yep, 6,000. All right. You're good. Sweet. It counts. Okay. It qualifies. Walters was the uh, backup plan today okay. down in the uh, southern portion of the state of Oklahoma. So, so that's good. That's good. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, you guys are killing it right now. Isn't Jackson Arnold playing on ESPN2 Thursday? Yes, he is, and he's yep. playing against uh, a, maybe a former Sooner quarterback as well, four-star quarterback Michael Hawkins. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. I'll be there. Allen and Denton Geyer. I'll be there in Denton for that football game between the two guys that I believe are going to be teammates at the University of Oklahoma occupying the quarterback room within the next couple of years because obviously Jackson Arnold is committed in the class of 2023 for Oklahoma. He is the straw that stirs the drink in this elite recruiting class in Brent Venables' first true cycle. And then you look ahead to 2024, the big question for me is and, and I don't question that this 2024 class for Oklahoma is going to be just as good, if not better, than 2023. But I think were it not for Jackson Arnold, Mike Hawkins would already be committed to Oklahoma. I, no, I think you're right about that. And I, yeah. I've gotten to know Mike very, very well. He's an awesome kid, got a great head on his shoulders. He's humble, level-headed, like th- the whole package, leader of men, like the ideal quarterback, the type of guy you want at the helm of your program. But, man, he also is very, very uh, shrewd, and he's wise in the way that he goes about uh, the recruiting process. And he said, look, I love Oklahoma, but Jackson Arnold is a tough act to follow, which is true, and that's fair. And if you're Mike Hawkins, you're probably not seeing the field, at least as the starter, for at least the first two years that you're at Oklahoma because it's going to be the Jackson Arnold show. Speaking of uh, Jackson Arnold – you know, as cool as the uh, the comment was, we had a listener come up during the pregame show and say, hey, listen all the time uh, in North Pole, Alaska. That was awesome. Um, had a strange comment during the oh postgame boy. show at Yo Pablo by someone wearing um, an OU t-shirt and an OU hat. Again, right during the middle of the segment, Travis and I are, you know, talking about the game in the postgame show. And Parker, some guy just yells out, Jackson Arnold's going to decommit and go to TCU. He's just going to decommit and go to TCU. He's like yelling at us. Some some guy in OU apparel saying that Jackson Arnold's going to go to TCU. Now, TCU? I understand that there's a lot of um, – there's a lot of not. I don't even know if rumors is the right word about he and A and M, or maybe he and some others. Like, you could name me about 25 other schools that I would legitimately <laughs> believe before I believe TCU. That's why it threw me off. I'm like, what well, TCU? Where did that come from? What are you What are you talking about? Uh, it's just bizarre, man. But that's the nature of doing radio on location. You get some odd characters yelling odd things, and ideally not obscene things, but. Yes, that's again. This is just it, it comes with the territory when you're out doing remote. Saw Derek LeBlanc on Saturday. He looks like he could start now. Pray he stays out with his commitments. By stays out, what I'm I mean, I'm guessing committed. stays committed. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna stay committed. And yeah, that dude's gonna be in contention for rotational action right off the bat, at the very least. He's a special football player and one that probably doesn't get talked about enough, if we're being quite honest, because. It seems that, and understandably so, Jackson Arnold garners the majority of the headlines. We talk a lot about P.J. at a bar, and 
early impact guys, the likes of Macari Vickers and Jacoby Johnson. But Derek LeBlanc is the type of body that the Sooners are going to need on the defensive line over the next sure. few years. Because if one thing has become apparent in 2022, it's that the Sooners aren't going to get to where they need to go defensively until they beef up that defensive 100%. line. 100%. They did get a sack on Saturday, they though. Got How a about sack. that? They got a sack. How about those guys? First time in four weeks. You know, and it was late in the second quarter, Parker, and I'm sitting there saying, you know what? Outside of those first couple of drives, they've actually played pretty well, pretty good defense here for like the last four or five series, and they let up that long run, and it feels like Kansas scored like almost immediately after I thought that. But there were stretches. I, I know the final score. Doesn't look great. 42 points you gave up, but there were some stretches in the first half where you played some pretty good defense. Anyone going to come after me for saying that? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of... In no way am I saying they played great defense. No, on no, 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 no. I'm that's, just saying that there were some spots where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, right, that's yeah. kind of what I was going to get at is I think it's a footnote to the greater narrative surrounding this defense, which is that like, if you don't have a healthy Dylan Gabriel on Saturday, oh you gosh. probably don't win that football game. Yeah. Zach Erickson says fans should not worry about what they cannot control. Fans can control showing up to the games and creating a lasting impression game atmosphere that sticks out to recruits and they don't forget. Uh, yes, and let's see what Sean has to say. Sean says, with the transfer portal, is signing day really... Golly, if I can scroll down here. With the transfer portal, is signing day really still the biggest decision of a high school player's life? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because I think, look, I, and I'm not going to say this is without exception, but in general, most high school football prospects commit to an institution without any plans of transferring. Right? It's not as if in today's day and age, even with NIL and the portal and the new era that has been ushered in, it's not as if anybody has explicit designs on being somewhere for a year and then transferring. Right? It happens, but it usually happens because of a change in the coaching staff, i.e. Caleb Williams, or a lack of playing time, i.e. Chandler Morris, or some other ancillary factor. But... I would say in 99% of cases, a kid that commits somewhere is planning on being at that spot for three, four, five years. 60% chance Vosick decommits, says the, someone from the 405. If he does, so be it, because there's a 100% chance OU continues to recruit at a high level and can continue to play football on Saturdays regardless of what he does. Is this what a win does to the text line? Is this what it does, Parker? Uh, because if this situation would have happened a week ago, oh my gosh. Well, it kind of did happen a week ago where he was uh, being tagged in post by Arch Manning and he was liking Texas fans' reaction to him staying in Austin and there was just this doom and gloom. I, a win has really done this, this fan base. Uh, it's done him good. This is nice to see today. It's been too long. Feels since like they had a different a crowd, man. <laughs> it's been too long since they had a win. It's like, oh yeah, this is what it feels like, isn't it? Because the last last time we got in this studio on a Monday, on the heels of a win, was September nineteenth. Yeah. Quick conversation about the game. You're right. If I mean, if Gabriel doesn't play on Saturday, they 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 lose. Um, with the way that the you know they they lit up some drives defensively, but I kind of feel like this is the way that you're going to have to win throughout the rest of the year. Not saying that every score is going to have to be 52-42, but 
I think it's pretty obvious coming out of Saturday, like you are without a doubt an offensive-led football team from from here on out. And I don't think Gabriel and the offense have to, you know, roll over 700 yards the rest of the way to win any games, but they're going to have to be they're going to have to be really good. Yeah, and here's here's the deal. I think we all came into this season under the expectation that Oklahoma's defense was going to be able to win them football games as opposed to just not losing them football games. Looks like that expectation was a little bit unrealistic for year one. So you're going to have to have an offense that can lift you to victory. I'm not saying it's 2018, but what I am saying is you get those vibes from time to time with this football team. It's like, well, they're going to have to score a lot of points today if they want to come out. Well, it kind of feels like there's no in-between, right? Because it's either... You know, you look up, and, and this was just Saturday. I know it wasn't the case against Texas necessarily. But you look up, and it's like, all right. Like, they have three consecutive drives defensively where they haven't given up any points. Like, they're kind of in a little bit of a rhythm. Or it's you look up and say, well, that's three consecutive drives, and the opposing offense has scored 17 points. Like, they're either in a nice little stretch, or they're seemingly they're in a really tough stretch. Here's a, so they're uh, capable of at least doing that, I guess. Here's a little factoid that you don't love, Tyler. Saturday marked the first time that Oklahoma had scored on its opening possession in any capacity since the season opener. Oh, yeah. So, again, got off on the right foot. That was good. You never trailed in that game against Kansas established the momentum, and we're, we're able to carry it over from start to finish. But in the greater narrative of the 2022 season, that's a blip and not a trend. So on the other side of the bye, you're going to have to make it a point to garner that early momentum in the fourth quarter, specifically on the first, uh, first drive, because you can script the first drive, Tyler. Jeff Lebby... Dylan Gabriel, everybody involved with this Oklahoma offense, that should be the expectation is that they're going to go out and score on the first drive at the very least because they got a week to game plan for it, right? So, especially with where this defense is, or rather is not right now, it is all the more imperative that down the stretch as you get ready for the meat of Big 12 conference play that you come out and you score on your first drive because that is going to set the tone for the remainder of the afternoon in most cases. Uh, this running game is coming along, by the way. Uh, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't know if anyone's been paying attention or not. Um, Eric Gray just had his best game as a Sooner by far. He is uh, emerging as the player that we've been waiting on him to be uh, since last year. And credit is due there. Um, but that offensive line is really starting to gel and play well. I, I'm not in no way am I ready to call it an elite offensive line. But if there's one position group, Parker, that I think has grown the most since week one to now, I do think it's that offensive line. And they're going to have to be a catalyst moving forward if this team wants to get to eight or nine wins. But I think you got to feel like relatively like, pretty good about like where, where they're at right now. You know, you know the offensive line is playing well when all the Bill Biedenboe slanderers have crawled back under their rocks. And we haven't heard a peep from them in a long, long time. 405-651-3439. We'll get to more of your texts coming up next on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. EliteRoofOK.com for more information. 
I guess, uh, Oklahoma native, 2024 defensive lineman David Stone was at Michigan State this weekend and apparently enjoyed his visit to East Lansing. Yeah. I mean, look, people need to get used to this. David Stone is going to say nice things about other schools. It's just who he is. And Mel Tucker's a really I, good recruiter. I mean, he is. Tuck coming, as they I like to say up there. I would still be absolutely astonished if David Stone isn't a Sooner in the end. And probably by the end of the year, I would say. Tuck coming. They need it. He better, because they paid him a ton of money this offseason. And Michigan State has been... I don't know if they've been one of the more disappointing teams in college football this year, but I think they were ranked 11th at yeah, one point, I, maybe. I, I, they were always due for regression just because they kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year. That was a that definitely a flukier double-digit win season than it was a legitimized one. But they're 3-4 and four right now. Not how you wanted to start, especially not in a Big Ten that outside of Ohio State and Michigan doesn't look to have any elite teams I'm, I'm i'm still not there with penn state even though they did they gave michigan a good fight for much of that game yeah they did i mean like, the, the score probably wasn't indicative of what that game was but mike parker that game on saturday it was a typical penn state loss with a typical james franklin response well i i just you know i i've got to do better i've got to do better as a head coach i've yep, got to look do. at myself in the mirror it's like james franklin every time i hear you lose a big game and make no mistake about it, every time you're in a big game, you lose. But you say the same thing. Well, maybe I got to do a little bit better of a job. It's the same thing every time with that guy. Sorry. Anyway, yes, Penn State. No, you're correct. You know. You're correct. Uh, <laughs> um, update outlook on Marcus Deal or other defensive tackle prospects. Ask this listener from the 580. Look, I think the priority right now is Caden McDonald. And if that wasn't the case heading into this official visit weekend – for McDonald, I think that's certainly the case now because uh, I said it earlier in the show, OU appears to have made some progress there. And am I going to sit here and say Oklahoma gets his commitment on Halloween? Not necessarily. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Yeah. But I do think Oklahoma has solidified themselves as a lead contender in that race, more so than they were before he came to Norman this weekend. This was the first game in a while that the scoreboard looked worse for the defense than it really was. Two turnovers on the plus side of the field led to two touchdowns. I know you'd like the defense to step up, but we just aren't there yet. No, I, I definitely think that the 52-42 final um, kind of undersells how OU played as a whole. I mean, that was a 21-point game going into the fourth quarter, Parker. And, I, you know, you look up late in the game and say, How, how's this thing even close? It's a 10-point game all of a sudden. OU was one play away all day long of really blowing that game wide open and, you know, kind of one play away from winning by 28 to 31 points. I know I kind of sound like Muleshoe here after what he said after the game uh, against Utah, but OU actually was. That's a myth by Lincoln Riley. OU, I mean, they really were one stop or one more score away from blowing it open. So 52-42, hey, it's a, it's a double-digit win over a top-20 team, which I think that looks good in itself, but that game didn't feel as close as, as what the final score ended up being. At least not to me, it didn't. No, it didn't. Back to the text line here. Brandon and Parker talked about some secret visitors on campus this past weekend. Can Parker talk about anything with that? Well, yeah, one of these secret visitors was none other than Ryan Yates, who, of course, is locked in with LSU now. So nothing, nothing ended up coming of that. Another guy. Okay, we need to talk about this situation because 
this is impressive any way you slice it, at the very least. 2024 four-star tight end Carter Nelson was on campus with Oklahoma on Saturday and picked up the offer, which was a formality. The staff wanted to offer him. They love what he brings to the table, and he's got one of the more impressive athletic profiles of anybody in the 2024 class. But the staff wanted him to take a game day visit before they offered. He took the visit. How about this, Tyler? He's from Ainsworth, Nebraska. Okay. Which is – They're just going to recruit the entire state of Nebraska, so that sounds good. At tight end, I guess so. Except for Malachi Um, Coleman. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even get me started on that one. But Ainsworth, Nebraska is nowhere close to where I live. It's like a four-hour drive from Omaha out in the central portion of the state. Way rural. I mean, way rural. So, it is an eight-hour-plus drive from Ainsworth to Norman. Carter Nelson played Friday night. Ainsworth won a football game 50-14 to on Friday night, and he was in Norman Dang. for an 11 a.m. Seriously. kick the following day. So wow. uh, if that doesn't at the very least tell you that the kids invested in the University of Oklahoma and at, or, or at the very least interested, then how about making an eight-hour trip overnight just to be at an 11 a.m. kickoff? That, that is, uh, that's impressive. That sounds like a loyal listener, Doug Miles who lives in Iowa and actually covers the Iowa prep scene up there, and he'll go cover an Iowa game or, you know, an, an, an Iowa high school football game on Friday night and still make his way by our ref pregame show on Saturday morning. Yeah, so Doug that's, gets that's around, impressive. He, he, Doug he, gets he, around. He does, man. That's by the way, the curse cool. of the Buffalo is broken while we're on the topic of vehicles. Because okay, well we'll see. I, I mean, you're just willing, just one win, like the curse yeah, is over. Yeah, they, they won. Like what? what, I, what are I, you looking? For? I need a win and a commitment before I'm ready to exonerate the white buffalo. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, fair enough. I don't know when the commitment will come, but hopefully October 31st. That'd be nice. So I mean, at least we have like a date to look forward to now, right? Yeah. More because or less. before it was like, eh. I don't really know. I, I mean, Cecilia Kana is going to make a decision at some point. We'll see. Um, the Peyton Bowen, Ryan Yates thing. I mean, at least we have a date to look forward to two weeks from today. And I, neither, I mean, we're not saying that OU leads for Caden McDonald, but they've at least made this thing interesting down I, the stretch. I feel like I say it every week, but how is the Peyton Bowen thing not over? I don't know. Especially when everyone, seemingly everyone is saying, well, it's going to be OU or A&M. Well, okay, that's fine. Then why has he been committed to Notre Dame still since New Year's Day? It's over 10 months now. Yeah. He's still been committed. And over half of that, we've been saying, well, yeah, he's committed to Notre Dame, but come on, that's not going to stick. And I still don't think it's going to stick. I'm just like, okay, at what point does the flip happen? Because we've all been waiting with bated breath for it for upwards of six months at this point. And still, nothing. Still committed to Notre Dame in all technicality. Still continues to visit OU, continues to visit A&M. But it is October 17th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And there is still no final decision from Peyton Bowen. How about this text? Kid from Nebraska made it to Norman overnight, and Vosick, who is committed, won't even come to a game. Wow. (laughs) I mean, hey, it's, it's kind of fair. I mean, you know, you can't hate on that too much. Uh, This listener says, saw where Brandon Hillman was offered any scoop. Okay, so uh, I need to to take a look at social media to make sure that's legit because uh, I know Brandon Hillman was a potential offer guy for this staff, 
as one of the lines of defense, one of the uh, backup plans, as it were, after Ryan Yates. Okay, yep, there you go. Five minutes ago, he received the offer from Oklahoma. So, Brandon Hillman out of the state of Virginia, high three-star guy. We are talking right on the cusp of being a four-star. And the Sooners like him at safety. As of right now, he's got several crystal ball predictions in favor of Notre Dame, but he just came off an official visit to Notre Dame this past weekend. So uh, you have three new safety offers over the last week for Oklahoma. Tyler Scott, Khalil Barnes last night, and now Brandon Hillman today. So Brandon Hall's making moves, man. Yeah, he's tr- yeah, he ain't he waiting around. He is. Hey, by the way, uh, OU is at the number four class now because Notre Dame got a commit over the weekend. Jeremiah Love, four-star athlete out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Pretty good player, top 70 player nationally. So Notre Dame jumps up to number three, OU back at number four. Did Ohio State jump Texas, by the way? Because Ohio State's at five and Texas was at six. I I thought Texas was right behind OU, our last show on Friday. I could be wrong Maybe Maybe they were. Maybe things got shuffled again. Because I know on three uh, rivals – and ESPN have all had updates recently, as well as 24-7. So it's right It's right about that time of year where stuff is very fluid for a couple of weeks based on all the updates so, across the... Uh, Notre Dame jumps OU. Notre Dame now the number three class, but does anyone want to take a guess as to who the highest-ranked prospect Notre Dame has that's currently committed? Yeah, that's right. Top 25 player nationally, Peyton Bowen, five-star out of uh, Denton Geyer, which... Not only will you get to see Jackson Arnold on Thursday night on ESPN2, not only will you get to see Michael Hawkins' four-star uh, OU offer at quarterback in 2024, I guess you'll get to see Peyton Bowen as well. Well, both Bowen brothers. Yeah, and the Bowens, both of them, have had incredible seasons so far. I mean, those have been two of the most impactful players at any position nationally for their program. So that will be a fun, fun football game. You have to favor Geyer right now just because they got a lot more firepower than Allen. But uh, we'll see what Michael Hawkins is made of. Man, that's a talented Geyer defense that he's going to be tasked with going up against. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. There were two schools nationally in particular that had massive recruiting weekends. We'll tell you who they are and more coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Inside the Brown O'Haver Studios, it is locked in with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. Tennessee had a massive visitor list this weekend, and uh, a lot of crystal balls have dropped for them over the weekend. A four-star corner in 2024, a four-star athlete in 2024, a three-star safety in 2023, and a three-star athlete in 2024. So Tennessee gets four new crystal balls over the weekend after uh, their win over Alabama. Utah, also big win over USC. Uh, Four-star O-lineman, a three-star corner. Utah got a couple of crystal balls as well. So big wins by the Vols and Utes. And uh, it's showing up so far in recruiting. Well, we talked about, I think Friday, we talked about how big the visitor list was for Tennessee and how star-studded it was. And I don't know if you could have made a better pitch in terms of on-field play and in terms of overall stadium environment to yep. recruit than Tennessee did on Saturday. They're super was, exciting to watch, fun, and... The, and that was the biggest win in their program's 
since '98. Yeah, probably going back to the dawn of the 21st century. That's the biggest win that that program has. Has to be their biggest win since they beat uh, Florida State '98. I mean, beating Alabama, they snap a 16-game losing streak to the Tide. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was good for Josh Heupel, good for Tennessee. And they had a wide receiver that caught five touchdown passes. Yeah, they did. Speaking of wide receivers, Jaden Gibson didn't seem too happy after the game. Dot, dot, dot was the tweet. Which is like, dude, um, you've had opportunities this year. Catch the football. That's what I would say to you. Well, and here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. I... I had an exchange on the OUinsider.com VIP board over the weekend with a member who asked whether Gavin Sawchuk was on Transfer Portal Watch because he hasn't played a whole heck of a lot this year. I think he's only appeared in two games. And like, at what point did we start operating with the expectation that guys were going to come in and contribute as true freshmen? Is that just one of the consequences of the Me First NIL era? Because... The vast majority of guys, Tyler, don't do that. The vast majority of football players, regardless of how talented they are, do not show up on a collegiate campus in year one and meaningfully contribute. Now, the Sooners are fortunate. They hit home runs with several dudes in the 2023 cycle that enrolled – or the 2022 cycle, excuse me, that were able to enroll early and establish roles within the offense as well as the defense. Uh over the course of spring ball and able to carry that over into fall camp and ultimately to the season. Guys like Jaron Canick and Javante Barnes, for instance. Our Mason Thomas didn't enroll till June, but yep. man, he when he's out, out there, quickly. he's good. So I I understand that maybe that is warping the perspective a little bit, but just because Gavin Sawchuk hasn't played a whole lot yet, that doesn't mean he's going to be hitting the running back's one of your better positions right now. So exactly. was wide receiver. Like Gavin so, Sawchuk I mean, was like there was never a world in which Gavin Sawchuk was going to be higher than fourth on the running back depth chart this year. Yeah, so it's just it's it's interesting. By, by the way, we didn't spend that much time on Cecilia Kana. Yeah, thought that OU was probably the leader going into this weekend. Definitely feel that feels that way now. Any uh, news or nuggets to take away from his visit weekend? OU led going in. OU certainly leads coming out. Texas A&M they get is last a flying that bat. right now. And to me, here's where I stand on it. I felt this way about P.J. Adebare. I feel with Cecilia Kana as well. He just fits at Oklahoma. And I don't think he fits at Texas A&M. Well, they're going to try to make him fit with, a, uh, well, no with an offer, I'm sure, when he makes it down there in a couple weeks. All right, that'll do it for uh, Locked In. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.